Welcome to the Eating Your Cake 2 podcast. I'm your host, Claire Sieber, global career and leadership coach, facilitator, speaker, and founder of Eating Your Cake 2, a business focused on helping you take control of your career and leadership success. Right here on this podcast, you'll learn how to amplify your influence, accelerate your career growth, create real presence, and have a true impact by learning the tools and strategies that you need to show up with more courage, more confidence, and more clarity. Are you ready? Let's do it. Meet Nico Saltopoulos. Where to start with Nico? Sometimes you meet people along your journey who just get it. You know what I mean? They're compassionate, loyal, empathetic, innovative. They see people for who they really are. And they bring this to everything they do by the truckload. This is Nico, C-suite leader, disruptor, people and culture advocate, and just generally an all-round good guy and one of my most dear friends. As Nico navigates this next chapter in his career and life, having just left his previous COO role in Athens, we talk about new beginnings, culture, and the all-important ingredients of trust, respect, and really listening. Tune on in because I think you will love Nico and you'll love this episode of the Eating Your Cake 2 podcast. Nico Soltopoulos, welcome to the Eating Your Cake 2 podcast. It has taken us a while to get here, but here we are, my friend, finally having a chat. Yeah, and I'm super stoked. Thank you for having me, Claire. Really, really appreciate it. And love the work that you're doing. You're amazing. Thanks, my friend. Now, I apologize to you before we hit record because I've done pretty much no prep for this conversation today, but we're both kind of equally as excited to basically just have a chin wag on air and see where it goes. How does that sound to you? Bring on the chin wag. <laughs> now, you are in, obviously, I have had the pleasure of knowing you for, I think, coming up to probably nine years now. And we have obviously worked together in the same organization in the past. We've done some consulting work together around sort of culture creation and leadership development. But for anyone who doesn't know you, do you want to give us a little bit of insight into who is Nico Saltopoulos and what is a day in your life like at the moment? Well, what a great question, almost a loaded question, because at the moment, I'm actually breathing, taking some time out just to unwind after serving marine traffic as their CEO for the last six years. But generally, Claire, I've had a very non-linear career trajectory. Starting off in the media many years ago, back in the day where we didn't even have internet. So that's how long ago that was. So, and each part of my career journey, so media at one stage, the second was pharma, then it was general business, retail with yourself, and then startup community. But each part of that journey taught me something that I've taken with me, and it's all been foundational. So now, the media stuff really taught me a lot about communication and getting a message through and getting cut through in that message. And then I spent 15 years in pharmaceuticals, which really helped me grow in terms of commercial acumen and how to build a business, which was an incredible experience, particularly with the backing of a multinational pharmaceutical company. You've got any resource there absolutely on tap. So you have so much to learn if you're hungry for it. I did become a bit frustrated towards the latter part of my journey there 
only because there was so much happening in the startup community, which was so very fresh and vibrant and you know, there was a can-do attitude. And pharma was just so slow to move. And of course it was because it's, it's healthcare. And so I threw myself into some of my own startups. I had my own co-working space. The co-working space that I, I opened up really gave me access to amazing people doing amazing work. It was almost like an Alice in Wonderland moment for me, you know, like falling into that rabbit hole and discovering this whole new world that really resonated and connected with me. And it totally inspired me just to learn more and do more and be more. So after that, I joined a lovely crew at Brand Collective, really trying to disrupt uh, retail and wholesale. And then post that, after learning everything about that space, I fell into, never thought I would, into the maritime world, which was amazing. And for the last six years, I've been over in Athens, building an incredible business with an incredible, incredible team. So as you can see, very non-linear, but it's really served me well. And it's kept me current because I think when I left pharma, I did have the opportunity to go straight into another pharmaceutical company. And to be honest, I did accept a job in another pharma company almost immediately because as frustrated as I was, it was also safe. And I said yes to the guys. I hadn't signed my contract yet, but I went home that night and I remember thinking, what am I doing? What am I doing? Like I've just spent 15 years doing this and I'm about to go into something because it's safe. And then I realized that in order to keep current, we all just need to keep on disrupting ourselves. And when we're too comfortable, we just need to jump, not just shift, but actually jump. Because the moment you jump, as scary as that is, that's when you learn, that's when you grow. So that's a little bit about me. I love that. I love everything that you're saying. And it's so on point. I literally this morning was recording a like a monthly learning video for a client that's based in Melbourne as well. And the topic of this month was how to ensure that you remain relevant in your career. And so one of the things I was talking about on the video is just this concept of the fact that for most of us, we you know, were born and raised in an environment thinking that our careers were going to be linear and are always so focused on like, what is the next step up the ladder? Whereas when you actually step back and you peel back the layers and you speak to many people. In fact, most of the people that I speak to that I would consider as highly successful, when you speak to them, they have stories exactly like yours that aren't linear and they involve taking opportunities and disrupting yourself and being open to kind of the evolution of your career, not necessarily in a straight line. So I love, I love that you have opened straight off the bat with that and how relevant it actually is, but also super topical for you at the moment too, because you are, you know, talking about disrupting yourself and navigating change. You are literally in a position at the moment, aren't you, where you're kind of trying to decide what the next step is. So what's that feel like at the moment? It's a really funny place because I think we all romanticize about having time off and having time to breathe and having the luxury of time to, you know, read a book and go for a walk and do all the things that you really want to do. But it's really hard to do that, actually, when you're <laughs> wide in that way, like uh, the last six years, working really, really hard with the crew at Marine Traffic, you know, Slack messages, email, meetings, calls, 
working on you know a number of projects all at the same time and then it kind of just stops and when i left athens a few weeks ago to return to melbourne it was you know i left very peaceful it was a great time to leave and it was my time to leave and i left thinking oh fantastic i'm gonna have all this time but now that i've got this time i'm thinking i need to do something <laughs> i need to do something so there's an internal dialogue at the moment that i'm struggling with that in one hand i'm like okay enjoy the time work for a breathe there's no rush to do anything and on the other hand i'm like okay get up and do something <laughs> so <laughs> it's a bit of a battle that i'm having with myself at the moment yeah it's just so true isn't it we were touching on that earlier like this when you are someone that's motivated and driven and energized you have these dreams of oh i'd love to just sit by the pool with a cocktail one day or read a book like you said then that day comes and you're sitting there reading your book and you're like hmm i wonder if there's a more productive way i could read this book <laughs> <laughs> 100%, 100%. Or even like whenever I'd be back in Australia working for the, for the crew in Europe, I'd wake up throughout the night and check messages. So I'd always have Slack on. And now I obviously don't even have Slack on my phone. It's like, okay, it just feels really, really weird. Yeah. But it's a great time for you, isn't it, to kind of make space or enjoy the space, but then make space for whatever this next kind of season of life or this chapter in life is going to look like for you. And it's like I'm curious to know, with all the experiences that you've had and all the different environments that you've worked in, the different cultures, like what would you say are your, I guess, your career non-negotiables at this point in terms of, you know, I'm sure the things that you felt like were important to you in your career maybe 20, 25 years ago are probably quite different to the values that you have now. So like what would you say in terms of this next step for you? Or, well, you may not know what it looks like exactly. I'm sure you've got that value set that you know is a non-negotiable. Well, what a great question. I think it's really important to bookend things and to also give ourselves the allowance of celebrating what we achieve and avoid the temptation of actually just going from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. Mm -hmm. So right now I am giving myself the space after you know we've sold the company so we've had an exit to really just savor the moment really just enjoy it really reflect on the last six years of what was an incredible and unforgettable experience and just to let that sit with me you know and i, I wanted to avoid the temptation of just jumping into something else yeah and yes there's that struggle but I'm really grateful to be able to do that because I know that I need to let those learnings settle. You know, I need to let the experience settle and take all of that with, you know, renewed enthusiasm and renewed inspiration to whatever I do next. And that does lead into the next question, to the question that you just asked. Whatever next looks like, you're absolutely right. There are some non-negotiables. And the non-negotiable for me, first and foremost, is culture. What's the status of the culture? What does the leadership team look like and how do they live by the values and the vision and the mission of the organisation to build a culture that I and others want to thrive in? And when you think about how much time we spend at work and how much of our effort we invest in what we do, I want to make sure that Wherever I go next, 
it's I'm part of a culture that I can help evolve, that I can help grow, but it's all about positivity. It's all about growing. It's all about looking after each other and creating an environment where we can truly be our best selves without having to look over our shoulders to see if there's anyone putting a knife in in our back Mm. because we know, and we've all been there, nothing good happens there. Nothing good happens there. You don't rule a business. You empower people to grow in a business. So that is definitely a non-negotiable for me, culture. And the second one is opportunity. How big can this be? (laughs) How big can this be? Where can we take this? So they're the two things that I really look at. I'm also super mindful of the fact that I turned 50 this year. And, you know, not that my best working years are behind me because they're not. They're in front of me. But I'm also mindful of the fact that there's limited time. So wherever I go next, I need to make that time matter, you know, because we don't have forever. We have limited time. And those choices are really, really important because there's no going back. There's no going back. So opportunity and culture, definitely non-negotiables. Yeah, fantastic. I love that. It's so interesting, isn't it, how your career values or your career non-negotiables, as I call them, evolve over time. Like, had you have asked me at the start of my career, you know, what did I care about? I would have said, you know, I want to be the most senior person inside the organization. I want the corner office. I want the biggest salary. I want the, you know, the biggest title, whatever it is. And now those things are just much further down the list for me as they sound like they are for you. And that's not to say that it's not important to be paid your worth and your value. That's still important. But to your point, for anyone who's worked in a culture or an environment before where there is an opportunity or there isn't a culture that enables or empowers, you realise pretty quickly that no amount of money can make that an okay environment. And throwing some extra coin at somebody still doesn't make that problem go away in the medium to long term. I certainly know in in my career that's something that I've learned and is now something that becomes really important to me in the way I want to show up when working with clients as well. So I love that you're saying that. I get it. I hate ads too. I just want to remind you, though, that if your organization needs a hand nurturing and developing its top talent to be self-aware, motivated, and capable of driving change, then reach out to me and let's see how we can work together. Now, let's get back to the episode. And it's so fantastic to see, I saw on LinkedIn a couple of weeks ago, the marine traffic team were awarded sort of the greatest places to work award and and recognized for the incredible culture and environment that you've created there over the years. And obviously I've been fortunate and privileged enough to have some insight into that and the amazing people that work there as well. I would love to hear from you. Like, what do you think, you know, talking about culture and trust that goes with that, what do you think are the key ingredients needed to actually drive a dynamic and a positive culture? What is it that makes it so? Fundamentally, I think it starts with respect and trust. You know, if you respect each other and you create a trusting environment where you nurture talent and you nurture people and you create the space for people to experiment 
and grow and get to know each other and truly be themselves in that working environment, then what you start to see is people start to unlock and they start to open up. They start to become very open and transparent and more vulnerable. And when you create an environment of vulnerability, then it's like, okay, all the bullshit's out of the way. This is who we are. This is what we're here to do. Let's just do it. Knowing that everyone is looking after each other, that you know, you don't need to look over your shoulder, as I said earlier, that you can really move forward mm-hmm. knowing that you're not going to be thrown under the bus. So trust is so important. It's probably one of the most critical ingredients or components of building a sustainable culture that really primes itself for success. Trust and respect, you know, the way that we treat each other, whether you're in the room or you're not in the room, it really, really matters, you know, and that matters every single level. So trust and respect, really key components. The other thing is to values. You know, you have values to live them. You have values to really breathe life into an organization. And they shouldn't just be words on a wall. They should be what, you know, the CEO lives, you know, your leadership team live, and the rest of the company also live by. So you call people out if they're doing something that is not value aligned, and you celebrate you know, people when they do something that is so pro-value. But values, once again, almost like a northern star to an organization mm-hmm. to really help infuse and create a charter for what that company could be. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so interesting when you talk about trust in particular, right? Like almost every workshop that I go in and run, I'll ask, you know, the question around like, what do we think is necessary in order to get the most out of our teams or our people? And like without quest, you know, or even, you know, what are the essential of effective working relationships? And like without fail, every time trust will come up as it should, it's critical. And then when you ask people what does trust look like? What does it feel like? How do we show people that we trust them? That is where you then start to get the more specific behaviors of what it looks like when it's lacking and or when people feel like they can't take ownership of a mistake because of fear of, you know, the repercussions of that or to your point earlier around, you know, a culture that doesn't have trust where you're just waiting for the knife in your back or when we don't have trust where we hire great people but we don't trust them to do their jobs. And all of these sorts of behaviours that then start to manifest inside organisations little bit by little bit by little bit over a period of time just end up eroding the culture that's at play and they ultimately end up creating such a massive handbrake for organisations and their ability to actually get shit done, right? Because so much time is spent trying to ask cover or have these, you know, sidebar conversations or water cooler conversations or create alliances or, you know, triple guess people's work. And it's just such a time waster that ultimately ends up just demotivating people essentially. And I I thought it was interesting actually that we're talking about this now because I literally sent a email this morning to my mailing list I kind of just go on these like Claire journal rants sometimes and then decide just decide to send them out. And I went on one this morning and it was actually about trust. And I was using this example of the fact that, as you know, had a couple of kind of personal challenges lately and some health stuff, one or a few of which, but one of which recently required me to go under anesthetic. 
And before going in for that procedure, before being, you know, knocked out cold, I didn't say to the anaesthetist, hey, can I proofread your, you know, whatever you're going to put in me? Can I look at your calcs on how you've arrived at that, you know, cocktail of stuff? Can you show me your credentials so that I know that you know what you're doing? I just trusted. I trusted that that person was hired because they were competent and capable and had the expertise. I trusted them to do their job. And I just think it's so interesting how in life we trust, right? We go to the dentist, we trust. We go to the doctor, we trust. We put our children in schools, we trust. Yet in the workplace, trust is such an essential ingredient, yet one that's so often lacking. Well said, Claire. Totally agree. I'll get off my soapbox. No, now. I'm loving the rant. <laughs> loving the rant. Keep on ranting. It's great. No, but, but like you make a really valid point and maybe I'm saying things too simply, but it's something that you said earlier. It's water cooler conversations. You know, sometimes these water cooler conversations are not productive, positive conversations. They don't elevate the people that we're talking mm. about. They do the exact opposite. And a way to build trust in an organization is to not entertain any conversation about someone that doesn't paint them in a good light and not to have that conversation if that person is not there. Because if you start doing that, then you start to build a culture of mistrust and you're giving people the allowance to talk about their colleagues in ways that is not productive. That's the difference between de denigrating a culture which is what happens in many organizations for a number of different reasons versus elevating the conversation through positivity and transparency and a trusting environment. And one of the things that I've always lived by is that if somebody has approached me to say something about someone that, as I said, does not paint them in a good light, I will direct them to go and speak to that person. I don't even want to hear it. Do not want to hear it. And I think showing up as a leader like that consistently gives people the trust to really open up and be themselves and achieve all the things that we talked about earlier. So trust isn't just a fluffy word. There are actions associated with building mm. it. You know? And the yeah. benefits of building it are tremendous because then you don't get stuck. If anything, you get unstuck. You just move forward faster. You accelerate know the development of culture you accelerate the progress of how the organization is moving you just get more stuff done but sometimes i think i don't know like we're our own worst enemies you know people love a good gossip they love a good chat mm. and they don't fully realize the impact or the implications of the ripple effect of the words that they will be using and how they can be damaging our words matter you know our words really really matter and if you you're a leader and you want to build a trusting environment, you really have to have a filter and really think about what I'm about to say, what impact will it have? Will the intention have, my intention might be good, but will it meet the impact? So, you know, having that filter without, you know, emotional regulation is really important, but without having to over, what's the word, overrule yourself or overthink it, but having that filter is really important. Totally, totally. And you're right, it's a delicate balance, isn't it, between wanting to be, you know, real and authentic, but also being able to regulate yourself at the same time in terms of like, what is the real message that I want to send and what is going to be the impact of what I say? And I think sometimes 
you know, certainly leaders that I've worked with, I've worked with incredible leaders, and I, but I've also worked with leaders who are incredible human beings and they have, they want desperately to have a positive impact. They underestimate the power of their words and they don't realise that, you know, your team, your key stakeholders are hanging off every word that you say. And so it is important that you think about the message that you're sending out to the world through not only the words that literally leave your lips, but through your actions. And so I love your point about, you know, the action and the message that it sends around not, you know, something as simple as not engaging in gossip with people. Because when people see you do that as a leader, you diminish your own credibility straight away and, and erode trust to your point, because people then kind of go, well, you know, if they're prepared to engage in that about that person, then how do I know that they're not doing that about me? Whereas if they see that you're the kind of leader that will shut that down, you know, move it on somewhere else or direct that person to have the conversation with the individual themselves, they see that, they hear that, they observe that in you and go, okay, they've had that person's back, so they're probably going to have mine too. And it's all of those micro, you know, that sounds tiny in isolation, but it's so powerful. And those micro actions and those moments that compound tens of hundreds of times a day across an entire organization, those are the things, to your point, that drive trust, respect, and ultimately a positive, transparent culture. A hundred percent. It's the power of the micro moment, isn't it? It certainly is because it's the micro moment that really matters. Anyone can stand up on stage during an annual summit and promise the world, but ultimately it's what happens when we're in the trenches that really, really matters. You know, the conversations during our one-on-ones, the way that we respond to a situation that could be compromising for the organisation but yet, how do we support the team? How do we bring the team to deal with it? You know, it's all those moments that really build a narrative, you know. And mm. when people see this narrative start to unfold, then it's almost like a wave of momentum, you know. If anybody doesn't behave in that way, then they stick out, you know, because yeah. the positive strength of the culture that you're building, it gains momentum like a massive tsunami, right? Mm. And then people ride that and it's an incredible experience, but it takes time. It doesn't happen in a month. It doesn't happen in a year. It, it happens over a period, period of time with consistent behavior. And it really starts from a CEO, you know, if the CEO owns it, understands it, sees the value in it, then it really sets the tone and the pace for how the whole organization grows and in what in which direction it moves and if the ceo is aligned then you see an acceleration of that if the ceo is not aligned then it, you basically see the exact opposite and i have been in situations where i've seen good cultures that have been built up over many many years basically be desecrated in a space of months you know because mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. leadership that is not aligned to that culture. So it really starts yeah. from the CEO and then the executive leadership team really having to live by the values, the vision, the culture that's being created. And that's why those micro moments matter because people are watching, people are listening. The other thing is too, you know, I just mentioned the word listening. Sometimes leaders underestimate the power of listening. And 
listening to truly seek understanding and delve deep into what is going on with people in the organisation, with what people might be facing personally. We cannot undervalue what it means for leaders to listen to the people that they serve. The impact of true listening is just incredible. It builds trust, you know, it forms respect. You know, it's all formative in terms of the culture that you want to build. Yeah, I could not, could not agree with you more. If there was like multi-heart emojis that I could give you across Zoom, I would. It sounds so simple and that, you know, potentially are people listening that are, are like, well, duh, but it's like the knowing and the doing and the doing consistently and genuinely are the differences between those organizations that really do have those positive cultures and the ones that have the values on the wall or on their coffee cups, but actually people would prefer to torch the place down than actually work there. <laughs> like That really is the difference, having leaders that genuinely care and want to listen and not just listen to respond, but listen to understand and they value your opinion and trust and respect and all of those things that we've spoken about today and I just think it's I'm so excited for whatever this next chapter looks like for you and I'm excited for you to have the time as you've said to step back and reflect and I particularly like what you said earlier around how important it is to have those moments of reflection at what you've achieved and that's something I know I do not do enough and so you saying that is is even just a great reminder of me to think about, you know, before you close a chapter and you move on to the next one, reflect on those learnings and give yourself the time to integrate them and then take them in the right way into this next chapter for you into, in whatever way that that looks like. And so, I mean, what I'm hearing is that wherever you go next, whatever you do next, it will be in an organisation that has got an epic culture or at least has some firm aspirations to genuinely have an epic culture and they're prepared to do the work to get there. My last question for you is if you could go back to early part of your career and give yourself one piece of advice or one quote or something to live by, what would you tell yourself? Ooh. I know I put you on the spot. It's a great question. Oh my God, there's so many thoughts racing through my head. Personally, there's one quote that really resonates with me. And that is, when somebody shows you who they are, believe them, for good or for not so good, believe them. I think sometimes when you're wired with positive intention, you like to think that the whole world is positive and that everyone is in that headspace. And not everyone is. And sometimes we waste time trying to really bring others on that journey when they've shown us time and time again that that's not the journey for them. And, you know, so when somebody shows you who they are, believe them for, for better or for worse. Mm. And I think that saves you time and it can save you a lot of heartache. Professionally, back myself, you know, just to back myself because I think we all have moments of imposter syndrome of, you know, those moments of, yeah, but... Can I really do it? And, you know, is it? Uh, yes. We're here on this blue dot that's kind of like in the middle of this galaxy in, in this universe <laughs> for a very short period of time. And when you look at our lifespan like that and the universe in that context, then 
you know what? Like, just give it a go. Back yourself. What's there to lose? Jump, jump, you know? But we get so micro, we get so into ourselves, into our fears, our vulnerabilities, our, no, they're not diminishing any of that, but we let all of these things really stop us from experiencing our fullest potential and we're our own worst enemies. And I think we've all had moments at different times in our lives where, you know, we may have been down or we may have had, you know, difficulties that we were navigating through and may not have the same level of confidence. And that has an opportunity cost. And I know that I've turned away from, you know, open doors, you know, incredible opportunities because I probably didn't back myself enough. So if I could go back, I would say those two things. When somebody shows you who they are, believe them. So Mm -hmm. you don't waste any time and back yourself, you know, back yourself because you're on this planet for a very short period of time. And I want to make sure that I don't miss out on absolutely anything. (laughs) I love that. What did our dear colleague who we used to work with previous organization, you say, we're not here to fuck spiders. (laughs) (laughs) You know who I'm talking about. That one is always, if she's listening, shout out to you. We love her but so I much. Think we do. We do love her. But it's spot on, right? Life is short. Life is so short and we spend so much time sometimes thinking about all the things that could go wrong or why we can't do things that we miss out on those opportunities and all the things that could actually have gone right. So I love that. I think it's a beautiful place to leave this conversation, even though we could talk for hours. I think you have given so much gold and I feel like you're going to have to come back on the podcast some point soon and tackle more of these kinds of conversations together. What I am going to do is drop a link to your LinkedIn profile in the show notes because I am sure that there will be people listening in that want to get in touch with you either to pick your brains or probably just listen to you and want you in their organization. So either way, it is a win. But thank you so much. Nikos Otopoulos for joining me on the Eating Your Cake 2 podcast. Thank you so much, Claire. Really love what you're doing. and Thank you for the opportunity. Well, that's it for another episode of the Eating Your Cake 2 podcast. It has been amazing to have you here and I am always so grateful for you taking the time to pop me in your ears as you go about your day or night. Remember to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Eating Your Cake 2 And if we aren't connected on LinkedIn yet, reach out and say hi. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then I would love if you would leave a review so that others can find the podcast and come and hang out with me here too. Until next episode, you've got this. You can do it. You are doing it. And remember to back yourself and what you have to offer. Hey there, thanks for hanging on and thank you again so much for listening to the podcast. I truly love having you with me, but I want to make sure that you know if you're ready to work together exactly how we can do it. The first way is through my game-changing Transform Your Career six-week accelerator program. This six-week online program is for busy professional women who are ready to regain control of their career and leadership once and for all. Go from feeling like just another employee to an in-demand asset in your company. 
stop feeling lost, stuck and unmotivated and instead feel confident, worthy of earning more and armed with the tools to go out and get what you want. The Transform Your Career Accelerator cuts the crap and gets right to the key levers that you need to be pulling to ensure you are seen, heard and noticed at work. Add to this an epic group of like-minded women all coming together to share insights, learnings and to build a new network along the way. If this sounds like something you need, then join the waitlist now. The link is in the show notes. The second way you can work with me is through my private one-on-one coaching program, where I only take a very limited number of clients each year by application. My six-month private programs are for you if you know you need tailored coaching and guidance now. You want a container of space and time just for you to work through your exclusive and unique goals. You don't want to wait for the waitlist in my other programs because you know you want access to my brain and my experience all to yourself. If this sounds like you, then book a free call in my diary today and let's chat. Lastly, if you want me in your organization to come and share my tried and tested knowledge with your team on how we can all collectively elevate our own leadership and career success, then jump on my website and download the services info pack or grab it from the link in the show notes. Thanks again for listening.